so we come to the pretty much to the end of uh, the the uh, study here uh, so today we are going to just focus on trying to wrap up on a lot of the questions that have been coming in i i do have a list of the questions that were not that were asked uh, in prior weeks and have not been answered so i'll uh, i'll i'll definitely uh, uh, get to those and then uh, there's a couple of new ones come in if you have any more questions please uh, do put them you have the uh, the link uh, i sent it out yesterday on the groups uh, for the um, for the pigeon hole so please uh, please do uh, ask the questions uh, a lot of very interesting questions uh, but um, but just um, before we get into that let me just uh, uh, i'm i'm not going to do a, a you know end to end uh, summary because that will just take too long uh, but uh, but this this hit on some of the high points really some of the core um, you know foundational things uh, and uh, and the way that we need to look at this right so um you know uh, the uh, the the topics that we've talked about you know we started off talking about god's part in uh, uh, you know in, uh, in 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 handling money or in the topic of money about god's part about our part you know god owns everything he's in control and he has promised to provide for our, for our needs and then our part is to be faithful stewards right and that that faithful steward uh, piece is very very important for us to to really uh, understand and internalize right uh, because that's the part that where you where you shift your thinking from you know this is my money to this is god's money from this is my money to do uh, with what as i desire to you know it's god's money and i need to be careful what i do with it and i need to do with it as he desires or as he might want me to and and often what he might want me to do with it might be very different than than what uh, i want what i might want to do with it, right and so uh, it it forces you to sort of develop some discernment it forces you to go to him in prayer uh, so so that's a critical critical principle then we talked about debt right uh, we talked about debt and the dangers of debt and what does scripture say and how uh, you know scripture condemns debt uh, on the one hand but it doesn't really prohibit it it also talks about if you are in debt what you should do uh, and uh, and we talked about a balanced approach to it where you know debt is not something god wants us to be in because it's it's putting ourselves in bondage and then we frame some principles uh, you know around how we would make decisions uh, about specific things about going into debt so the the important point out of that lesson is that we should uh, you know we really need to have an attitude uh, of not being debtors okay an attitude of not being debtors because in many ways when we when we get into debt and when we are in excessive debt and when we are uh, fundamentally debtors then um, you know we're sort of uh, going away from that core principle of you know god is in control you know it's like saying well god hasn't given me what i want so i'm going to go and you know do it myself right i'm going to go borrow it and and do things that uh, the god may not want me to do uh, then we talked about giving and about having the giving heart and uh, why that's important you know where your treasure where your treasure is there your heart will be also and how we need to be generous givers uh, you know we need to be cheerful givers uh, we need to give sacrificially we need to become giving warriors uh we need to give beyond our means even we need to really and and the the core principle there is not about exactly how much you give although we we looked at all that 
and and these whole things about you know whether it's a tithe or ten percent or fifteen percent whatever uh, ultimately these are a means to an end okay uh, they're not checklists to be met they're not uh, you know they're not uh, uh, something to say oh okay now I've done this I can feel good about myself right but it's about developing that heart of giving so that as a steward you know when God brings something into your path uh, you know and um, and and you uh, and you feel like, you know, I've got the money here uh, and maybe I had other plans with it, but, you know, God's plans are b- b- bigger than my plans and, and I need to, or the higher priority than my plans and I need to give to it, right? So, so it's, a, it's, it's that attitude where, you know, let's say, let's say you are a person who's, you know, over time you've, uh, you've, you've built a discipline of giving, you know, you started off with 10% and you gradually got it up to 15%. Okay? And you're being very faithful in doing that 15%, it's very easy to feel good about yourself, about myself and say, oh, you know, the tithe is 10, I'm 15. So I, I'm doing such a great thing you know, for God, right? But first of all, we shouldn't have that attitude. But second of all, you know, that, you know, that commitment or that um, construct should not be a straitjacket. Okay, it's not there to say, oh, I've, I've done my 15, okay, for the year or the month or whatever. Uh, so I'm done. Okay, uh, I'm done. I don't need to give any more, right? Because what will happen, and what will op- often happen, and the Lord, I think, uh, tests us in this uh, on a much different scale. But just like He tested Abraham's obedience, you know, He tests our obedience by uh, by trying to see where's our heart. Okay, is my heart, uh, you know, is my heart more bound by the legalism of meeting the fifteen percent, or is my heart uh, really controlled by by having that attitude of giving, an attitude of being a steward, right? So you've given your 15, okay, in that example, and then all of a sudden a need comes up, right? And uh, you've got the cash with you. Um, you know, your needs are being met. Your basic needs are being met. Um, you know, you're not going to go into major hardship, but maybe you have to set this aside for whatever. Maybe it's for your kids' education. Maybe it's for your uh, holiday that you are planning. Whatever might be the case. You know, if you've got a giving heart. When the Lord brings that need to you and you've developed that giving heart, you'll say, you know what, forget the 15%. That's not what's important. The important thing is God has brought a need into my, um, into my uh, knowledge, right? And, uh, and that giving spirit within you will just churn and make you, you know, give that up and say, you know what, okay, fine. This month I'm going to do 20 and not 15 because, you know, the Lord wanted me to, to give for this particular need, right? So it's, it's developing that giving spirit, okay? Then we talked about spending, which is, uh, which is uh, uh, again, that's very fundamental to this whole thing. Okay, how we, uh, the spending is all about the lifestyle that we choose and our spending decisions ultimately determine, you know, how much we give, it determines how much we save, it determines all these other things, right? Uh, and so the lifestyle that we choose, uh, trying to uh, stay within those limits so that we have those guardrails, right, as a guideline, uh, you know, it's very important. And then last time we uh, last week we talked about saving and investing and how you know saving is ultimately secondary uh, to meeting our needs. It's secondary to giving to the Lord, right? It's sec- it's after all of that, you know. If the Lord gives you something, then we need to uh, we need you know it's okay to save something, but we should do it wisely, right? And not uh, you know not by hoarding. So we talked about the dangers of hoarding and how Scripture uh, is really very balanced. You know, it, it condemns hoarding. Uh, but it um, it uh, 
you know, it uh, exalts wise saving. Or it speaks positively of, of saving wisely for known needs, right? And again, uh, again, coming back to that heart attitude, right? It's that, okay, I'm saving for something, but you know what? The Lord might bring something into your path that's more urgent, okay? A, a brother in need, perhaps. And you might have to dip into those savings, right? The legalistic mind says, you know what? I've given my 10%. I've uh, done all these things and this is for me. Okay, I'm not going to touch it, right? Um, so, uh, so uh, again, we come back to that same thing, right? Uh, you know, in Romans chapter 12, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And do, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, we talked about all those worldly principles and uh, just quickly go to that, um, you know, the, the worldly man's approach or world's approach versus God's approach, right? God plays no role in handling money. My happiness is based on being able to afford my desired standard of living. What I possess, I own, and I control my destiny. You know, I earn my money. Now I can spend it any way I want, and I'm going to be happy. Uh, I can use debt as often and as much as I wish. You know, uh, it's more blessed for me to receive things than to give. And, uh, you know, I need to spend and acquire as many possessions as possible because you know, they're an evidence of my success. They're an evidence that I have arrived, okay? And they give me a status in society. On the other hand, you know, God's approach, right? Uh, Isaiah says, my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your, your thoughts. It's always different than the world's approach. It's they're always different than the worldly philosophies. And the Apostle Paul says, you know, that we should not be held captive, okay, to the vain philosophies of the world. And that's what this whole series is about. It's not about making a lot of money. It's not about, you know, what do I invest in? It's not about any of those things. It's about developing a godly attitude towards money, which is very important in our lives because, uh, you know, it just is, right? It, it, you know, a lot of our life revolves around it. Uh, and, uh, you know, and the pursuit of it, the spending of it, the saving of it and so on. So scriptural principles will help us draw closer to the Lord and learn to be content in all circumstances, which is what we are called to do as Christians. Uh, what I possess, God owns and he is a sovereign. Uh, he is the God who controls everything. And I can only be content if I have been a faithful steward. You know, at the end of your life, you want to be able to say not, you know, I ended up my life with a bank balance of a million dollars, but that, you know what, whatever the Lord gave me, whether it was little or it was much, uh, you know, I was a faithful steward. Uh, in, in that, right? I handled it from the perspective of the Lord. You know, I gave to his people. Uh, I, I met, uh, you know, I allowed my my actions to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Lord discourages the use of debt because he wants us free to serve him. Again, debt puts us into bondage, right? And, and reduces our freedom to serve him. And then finally, it's more blessed to give than to receive, okay? So, uh, I just want to quickly touch on one more thing and then we'll go on to the questions. So why should we bother about biblical principles as a recap, right? Because uh, essentially how we handle our money impacts our relationship with the Lord. It has a big part of it. Okay? Those who are attracted to money, you know, uh, Paul tells Timothy, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, Possessions always compete with the Lord. It's a major form of idolatry in our lives today. A lot of life revolves around the use of money. I just said it uh, and uh, you know when we handle money based on uh, based on um, you know biblical principles, it can bring us a more fulfilling relationship with the Lord. So, what are some of the results if we do this? 
right? Number one, we're going to get out. These are the, the, the actual you know, outcomes. Okay, we're going to be able to get out of debt. We're going to give even more generously than we do today. Uh, we will spend more wisely, right? Uh, we will start saving for future goals, okay? Why saving for legitimate future known goals, right? Uh, then we will learn to be content with all our circumstances. So, so, so when you start doing things, you know, and sometimes to get the principles established in our hearts, you know, you just have to start doing things. Okay. It's like, uh, you know, it's like reading the word of God or having your quiet times. You know, when you're not doing it, you're never going to get there. Right. But when you start doing it, maybe you do it out of obligation. Maybe you do it because someone is pressuring you. But if you do it in a disciplined way, you'll find that over time, uh, you know, it, it starts becoming something that you want to do. Right. And it starts, and you start seeing the impact in your life of, and the peace that it brings to you when you, you know, live by the word of God, then, you know, and same thing with this, right? So, uh, you know, you start doing it over time, you learn to be content and you find that money becomes less and less of an issue for you, okay? Um, before we go to the questions, uh, I wanted to uh, just uh, take a moment and, and go back to the point I started off with, right? Which is what we are, what we are trying to do here with this series is, is really, uh, you know, to me, less about money and more about, that transformation, okay, transformation and, and and the fact that whatever we learn, it needs to impact our lives, okay? it needs to convict us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just thought it'd be useful for us to just hear a short uh, testimony. So um, I'm going to ask Vishwadeep, uh, uh, Vishwadeep uh, to, to go off mute. And Vishwadeep has been convicted by the Lord over the past many weeks, and especially after uh, our lesson on, uh, on debt, uh, you know, the Lord really worked in his heart to make some uh, very uh, radical, I would say, drastic decisions. And I was very encouraged by his uh, trust and faith in the Lord. Uh, and we need to pray for this brother. Uh, but I'll ask him to just share his testimony with us before we go into the Q&A. So, Vishwadi, please, uh, please go ahead. So, yeah, uh, basically, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I am working with Melap. Melap is a micro lending business company. So the principle on which it operates is uh, lending. It's not lending in general, but it's micro lending. So to elaborate a little more, like uh, assume a woman in Tamil Nadu, she needs uh, around 30,000 or 40,000 rupees to construct a toilet or maybe start her own uh, small scale enterprise or some sort of business. So what we do, we take her profile and then we have lenders from across the world and uh, we present the needs to our lender and then lenders from across the world, they give her X amount of money. Say you lend her a uh, thousand bucks and then somebody else gave thousand rupees more. So we generate about 30,000 or 40,000 rupees for that particular, you know, reason, whatever was posted on the group, Milap. And uh, mm, we give the money to her. So we take the money from a lender that is you and we give the money to her that is the borrower and it goes at the rate of 26 percent interest so many a times it's 26 otherwise it's 25 percent interest so yeah this is how it operates and uh, the lender who is lending the money he assumes that it is for a social cause so he does not expect any returns so I take the money from say Sean bro like uh, he gives me 30,000 rupees or 40,000 rupees and he would only expect that he gets back his 30,000 or 40,000 rupees. That is the principal amount. And on his money, I charge the interest from the end borrower. 
and then from that you know we generate the profit for the company so this is how the circle the cycle continues and then uh, time passed by a few months back i think in the month of march i was promoted to the position of manager and they told me that they will keep me in observation for 3 months after which they will be giving me the increment in salary so i was kind of excited about it and i had been praying about it but uh, it was also around that time when you know the conscience started pricking me that the something that i am doing or this business that i am promoting directly or indirectly it's not glorifying god it's not honoring god uh, so there were a lot of things that started coming up i mean the spirit of god started poking me are you doing something that is right that is uh, you know that is good in the sight of god are you being a faithful steward so i prayed about it i tried sharing this with a few brothers in the lord in our church and you know i tried justifying that this is how the business world operates and they also have to pay revenue sorry the salary to all their employees and there is the platform charge and there are so many other things to be taken care of so this interest is justifiable so i tried suppressing that conviction within me and over time yes the conviction grew very cold i mean i stopped hearing from the spirit of god and that conviction i mean it was completely gone over time and then i was happy with my job there is very minimal work pressure and then i was happy with it but it was only last to last sunday when georgian was taking uh, some sessions about debt and lending it was only until then that i was calm in my spirit but that particular day i was stirred up again and then i began asking questions to god again like lord is it right whatever i am doing is it uh, biblical is it honoring you so i took suggestions from uh, a few of the brothers whom i hold in high regard i also shared this matter with uh, rabichan and rabichan in turn shared it with georgian and i got little clarity that you know this is not something that is right this is extorting money from the poor and uh, yeah so i was still confused but after hearing from this man of god whom i respect yes they are definitely much more wiser than me and i did not know you know how to go about it and there is a cost involved there is a risk involved so i also wanted biblical backing up because right from my childhood i have been hearing that you know i am foolish and i take foolish decisions so i just wanted god to you know reconfirm if this is something that god doesn't want me to do i wanted god himself to speak to me so i started praying and then i started some questions like uh, is it right for a christian to work in microfinance industry if this is the case then how can a believer be in micro lending uh, you know world or is it right for a believer to work in bank and all of these questions started popping up so i did a little research uh, from the scriptures i started asking lots of questions to god uh, like god please tell me show me if this men of god are right if they have given me the right sound biblical suggestions that this is not something that is ethical that's what i learned from this men of god then you have to affirm it from your word only then i'm going to you know believe properly i mean from my heart that this is not right so there were some passages like in the book of uh, leviticus also god prohibits lending so it's not that lending is prohibited uh, in totality but lending is not encouraged as georgian also shared in in his previous um, messages so primarily through which god spoke to me was uh, ezekiel chapter 18 so for your benefit i'll just read out the verses to you so in the book of ezekiel 
chapter 18, uh, verse 13. It's sorry, it was in verse 7. It's written that who does not lend at interest or take any profit withholds his hands from injustice. So it is talking about God's blessing being on the people who does not lend at interest or take any profit and withholds his hand from injustice. Now, 18 verse 13 tells like this. Now, who lends at interest and takes profit, shall he then live? He shall not live. He has done all these abominations. He shall surely die. Now, this is the verse that really struck me. Now, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 17, where it's written, withholds his hands from iniquity. This is ESV, but in NKGV, it's written clearly, who has withdrawn his hand from the poor. Furthermore, it says, takes no interest or profit, obeys my rules and walks in my statutes. He shall not die for his father's iniquity. He shall surely live. Now, when I came across this verse about withdrawing hand from the poor, through this verse, God spoke to me and, you know, affirmed that this is not something that I should be continuing or be a part of because I was encouraging this business. I was uh, promoting this business. So, yeah, I mean, I cried because it was hard for me. I initially was thinking that, uh, you know, logically it doesn't seem feasible because I'm about to get my increment in the month of July. I thought technically it would be right for me to take the increment and then work for two, three months. And then, you know, after that, maybe search for some other job because based on the pay slip of that three months after the increment, I'll be offered higher package in some other company. But in book of James, it's written that if you know that something is not right and then you continue to do it, it's sin. And then, you know, the spirit of God started talking to me like I am I'm aware of it that this is not right. I know it is sin. Should I go, you know, living in disobedience for the next two months? So I was a little scared. I was a little afraid. But I, I just knew that in flesh, I cannot do anything. So I prayed like, Lord, give me the strength because I cannot do it on my own strength. I don't want to do anything that brings, uh, you know, dishonor to your name. I just want to glorify you and honor you in everything I do. So I asked him for giving me the strength. And I told him that, you know, Lord, uh, I'm a little scared. I do not know because there are risks involved. I am a little uncertain about my future and, and I don't know anything. So I just prayed and I, I could just hear two things from the Lord. One was trust. The second thing was obey. That's it. I mean, I didn't know what was God speaking to me. But all I knew was God was asking me to take this step in faith. And he's going to show me what's waiting next. I need not worry about what's tomorrow. Because I know who holds my tomorrow. My security does not lie in the job or in the pay slip or the paycheck or anything. But my security lies in my father who, who has been faithful to me now, until now. And he will remain faithful to me even tomorrow, of which I am a certain. So uh, it was just last week that I put down my papers. And my team manager was suggesting me that uh, personally, I recommend you, I suggest you not to take this decision because, you know, during the course of this time, it will be really hard for you to find job. Um, and he was also, you know, alluring me, basically. He was giving me an option that you can work from home until how much ever time you want. You can go to Assam and then, you know, for six months, one year, whatever you want, you can continue working from home and all of that. But uh, God helped me stand firm. And he finally gave me the strength and the grace to put down my papers. So I am on notice period. But I would just encourage you that, you know, just trust in God and 
obey him that's it trust and obey because he will remain faithful to you he will remain faithful to you so yeah praise god yeah thank you bishwadeep uh, for sharing yeah. that it's a very convicting testimony i don't know if you mentioned that uh, part of this microfinance is also they they try to get uh, you know poor people to really take money and, and and start businesses that they have no capability of right so it's it's really a sort of a, a large scale exploitation of people with an interest yeah correct uh, yeah. for the convenience of everyone i actually did not share in detail but many a times loan utilization is really bad so often times mm-hmm. it so happens that people tend to take 15 lakhs 16 lakh you know uh, worth of loan and then it becomes really hard for them to pay back the loan amount i mean once yeah. they are just stuck in that rabbit hole many a times probably they take loan for stitching business but they do not know how to do stitching so they might take the loan for something else and utilize it for something else like you know they take for some business but they use that loan amount for constructing their houses so with that there is no revenue which is coming or flowing in so they are not capable of now paying back the loan amount and they are stuck for the lifetime yeah and um, so so the point of this kind of business is it's not just the interest but it's uh, it's the way yeah. it's the exploitation of the poor in fact uh, what you described there is in the in the old testament it's called usury okay u s u r y okay god condemns this uh, uh, usury is taking excessive interest right so exploiting people who who really can't afford it you know and and charging them very high interest that will be very oppressive to them and, and really put them in bondage uh, and god very clearly condemns that so yes. all that aside i i just want to um you know i was very touched bishwadeep when i heard your story and your conviction and um, you know and 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 you 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 you, uh, you know uh, talked about it very well uh, about the uh, the verse from james right if you know something is wrong and do it then sin you've been once you've been convicted of something then you know you won't have peace till till you okay. do it right? and that's what you experienced and you shared with us so uh, so so certainly it's a very bold decision and i i wanted to share the story because uh, i know it will be very convicting and cause us all to think because you know again this is this to me is an example of you know uh, biblical thinking versus uh, worldly thinking right from a worldly perspective as he said you know he said that typically he's been accused of being you know uh, not thinking through things and jumping into things and all that it's it's an absolute um, you know uh, senseless decision to make right uh, but but nevertheless sometimes when we are called into when god calls us to to really trust him it requires us to make those things that that don't make sense so uh, it's been convicting to me bishwadeep to hear your story and uh, and we can all be praying for you so before i'm just going to ask uh, Did you, if you're there, did you, would you please just uh, thank the Lord and praise Him for our brother Bishwa's uh, commitment to the Lord, as well as the steps ahead that he's, uh, you know, fully trusting in the Lord, that the Lord would show him uh, the way forward and and uh, take care of him, as we know He has promised. Uh, but that Bishwa himself would have the trust and faith, uh, you know, and we would sort of stand with him as he goes on this uh, amazing journey. So, did you, would you please? Uh, commit this to the lord sure thank you lord jesus for <clears throat> the ways in which your word comes and when your word comes lord we want to thank you that it leads us to unrest 
We want to thank you, Lord, that your word always wants us to live in joyful obedience. And you have just revealed to us in, through this one simple example that how obedience to you actually sets us free more than anyone else, Lord. And we want to thank you, Lord, that when your word comes, Lord, um, that all of us, as we hear this testimony, as we process some of this, Lord, we confess our sins, the many ones that are hidden, the many ones that we have um, really become uh, callous, Lord, uh, the very things that you wanted us to make decisions on, Lord, and that we have walked in our own ways. Lord, we pray, Lord, even as for all of us who, have, who heard Vishwadeep's story, Lord, that if there are things that in our, are in our lives too, Lord, that we would make those choices to obey you and to trust you. Now, Lord, we want to commit Vishwadeep, Lord, even as he has made this decision, even as he has obeyed you, and he knew what he had to do. I want to thank you, first of all, for the grace given and the strength given to obey you. And I want to thank you, Lord, that, uh, that he has experienced peace as he has done this. And Lord, we also want, now want to commit his future. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, that it is safe in your hands. And Lord, even as he waits on you and he, even as he has done this in faith, Lord, I pray that his faith would continue to grow. And as he's dependent on you and as he has made these decisions, your will, based on the principles of the word of God, I pray that he would experience your hand in the days to come. Lord, we want to commit his future job requirement and situation into your hands, Lord. We pray that you would open up the right doors. We pray, O oh Lord, that if, uh, if, if in the community, if in the church that we are part of, Lord, Lord, if we come across opportunities and instances of, uh, of, of, of a job, Lord, we pray that you would direct it to each one of us, Lord, that we would be able to do all, all, all of this, Lord, and uphold our brother and continue to take him to your throne room. Thank you once again. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and presence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So I just wanted to clarify this. Uh, like, assume I am earning 20K per month and it goes on for one year and my needs are being met with that 20K in hand, which I get every month. And uh, say after a few years, I start turning two lakhs per month or whatsoever be the amount mm -hmm. and according to my raise in the salary or income whatever is coming in my standard of living will increase mm -hmm. does that signify that i am being greedy or not meeting the standards of god you are hitting on a very important point there which is uh, you know which is that you know we need to that's that's why we're studying these principles right it's how do you make those decisions okay what is yeah what's an acceptable increase in lifestyle you know i don't i don't believe god wants us to uh, live in poverty maybe some people is called to do that but having said that it really comes back to your attitude right so if if all you're doing is using that money to increase your lifestyle uh, you know uh, then uh, that would not be in line with the principles we're studying about i remember we doing this session uh, sometime in 2012 or 13 in the men's meeting and that uh, helped me carry my uh, Ford car for 12 years, so I was planning to change. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's about needs versus wants, as you touched upon. So, yeah, so I think uh, thanks, Sajja, for sharing. Okay. Any other questions or comments, observations? Hi, Jacha, this is Vijay here. Just a comment, probably not a question. Just that uh, this is my fourth time I'm doing this session. And I'm doing it the fourth time only because every time it is a very strong, solid uh, reminder. It has helped me and 
I think just to add to one of your points on containment, and I think that is a uh, that is implied, and yet it is so important because I think it saves a lot of relationship hassles. Um, it frees us from anxiety, and I think um, um, that's a very powerful implication when we um, really learn to trust God. Yeah. and apply these principles. So I just wanted to just comment and add on that. Yeah, and and uh, and thank you, Lijua. I think it's good. Uh, several of you have been uh, through this many times and it's good for people uh, on the call to hear. And I know many of you have applied it because you guys have come and asked me about specific decisions from time to time. And uh, I know you guys have applied it and you benefited from it. So if anybody wants to share similar testimonials, I think it will be an encouragement to everybody on here. But But I would say... You know, this principle of contentment, uh, it, it just goes beyond this money as well, right? So, I mean, many of you are young people, uh, you know, getting a little older and you're worried about things like marriage, okay? Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, we as Christians, uh, again, this is an area where, where we unfortunately, um, uh, you know, we, uh, we get caught up in cultural, um, you know, cultural expectations and, uh, um, you know, uh, the uh, the norms and all these kind of things, uh, and so the moment you know, if you're if you get to be 28, 30, 31, 32, you know you you're uh, you start worried about uh, you know oh, I'm I'm single, you know I, I got to get married. What happens if I don't get married? There won't be enough people out there my age to get married to, uh, you know. And it just you know honestly, I don't mean to be harsh, but it shows an absolute lack of trust in God. Okay, uh, and this is one that really irritates me. Uh, you know, from believers, how, you know, we think that, uh, you know, when it comes to certain things, uh, you know, we have to take matters into our own hands, right? And again, I'm not saying that we don't do things. I don't saying that we just sit back, but, but there has to be a balance. There has to be a trust. Uh, and, and especially when it comes to, you know, the, the, the difference between, uh, you know, doing, you know, doing what you should do on your own, Versus going too far in that direction is is, is the matter of uh, you know your uh, your emotions, right? So if you are getting distraught about something that's not happening, whether it's the marriage of your child or, or whatever, right? Uh, then that means that you are really not trusting God, right? When you're getting really bent out of shape over something, uh, it's not happening in the time that you want it to happen. Uh, that means you're not really trusting God. So so I think uh, this principle of contentment is something that. Uh, goes far beyond finances. Certainly, it's a big part of dealing with finances, but uh, there's so many other areas of our life where we're really not trusting. And in fact, that whole thing of ownership, uh, control, sovereignty or control and uh, faithfulness or provision of God is true, not just in money, but in everything in our life, right? Uh, even if it's going into the Lord's work, you know, maybe it's not happening as fast as you want, uh, you know, or, or whatever, right? So, so I think it's important that we, uh, we apply that everywhere. Okay, any other questions or comments? We are thankful to have an elder whose life we can follow in these principles. And I'll say the same about you as well. Thank you. <laughs> okay, any other comments? Yeah, Georgia, I mean, I mean, just like what Ajit and Liju uh, said, I mean, I've been through this in the past and this has certainly been one session which has really, really helped uh, personally me also over the years to make important decisions and I've always been blessed by this. 
and uh, and 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 yeah and today one thing that stood out is i mean every time you listen to it there's something else which stands out so today one one of the things that really stood out is the whole aspect of stewardship just for just for us to even realize that even what we have is really not ours and it is and it is god's and being a steward over that uh, mm. i think that really helps to set a lot of things in perspective to know that nothing is actually yours and everything that is given to you is given by god for a purpose yeah you know i i'm i'm reminded when you mentioned that uh, you know the uh, you know one of my colleagues at work sometimes you know you know in big companies you uh, you always get these uh, you know edicts from above right so you get directions that say you you have to do it this way and then we are all sitting here saying you know, that doesn't make any sense these people don't understand what uh, what's going on over here we are so different you know they're sitting over there far away in some other country and dictating to us what to do and all this stuff and and then there's one of his colleagues who who says hey why are you getting stressed about it man it's not your father's company um, you know <laughs> it's it belongs to somebody else and if they tell you that's where you do it just do it you know long, they're not actually yeah. doing the illegal or immoral and thing like that but you know they just want you to do things differently it's not your father's company right so so i think uh, similarly uh you know when it comes to uh, us i guess it's, it's a little different it is our father's money okay uh it's not ours right uh you know it belongs to him and so we uh, you know we really need to be faithful in how we handle it according to his direction right the principles that he has given us uh george and just to encourage i think the younger folk uh, just to share my experience uh when you know couple just a couple of years ago like four years ago when i started off um uh the business that i did kalpapal um i started with almost nothing and uh, there was nothing much coming in and there was a lot of actually me being the person that i was before i knew the lord i'm i'm very anxious and i love to plan for like 10 years ahead and i need to have this security of finances and everything and that's who i was and uh, that's what the lord broke um when he gave me the situation that i went through uh with mm-hmm. regards to my marriage and things like that but when i started off with kalpapal and um starting off with nothing and to just trust the you know god every day and to get to this point today where and 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 then from moving from kalpapal where he then he blessed me with this other responsibility of another new thing to learn and 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 finance is just suddenly sorted out on its own um I, i i just want to share that you know what you what the principle that you shared about um when when you trust he's faithful he definitely is and I, i it's a very strong testimony for me um and i he yeah it, it didn't it, it wasn't like a gush of you know uh, funds coming in but then it was it was beautiful and then over time uh, the people who are associated with i mean you know the the partners in us they they increase uh, the funds so i'm just saying like it's just simply lovely when when the lord meets every need mm-hmm. and uh, i i think as as younger folk we tend to want to plan ahead you want to save for a future you want to buy things you want to own things so that you know we know that yeah we we won't be in debt or indebted to people and things like that but i think there is he's just he's just the provider yeah thank you thank you sheetal for sharing that that's very uh, very important one of the things that uh, georgian uh, 
kind of stood out for me in today's session was the whole uh, principle, the reminder that it's not just the 10% which is the Lord's, uh, but the entire 100. Uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the, um, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, we slip into is uh, once we have faithfully given or whatever yep. we think, you know, was our faithful part in giving, uh, we just feel that, okay, we've, we've been great at it. And now we deserve to enjoy the rest the way we want uh, and, to, you know, and to have our ways of spending that on ourselves. Yeah. And we, yeah. And, and in, in, in many ways, even our parents, uh, if we have parents who, you know, they grew up in the, in the church and the assemblies, it's been sort of reinforced, right? The, when you get your first job, they, they say, you know, have you given your tithe, right? Or the shams, as they say, uh, you know, then all, everything is good then, right? <clears throat> so I, I think uh, I think uh, where we are of that principle, and we are probably faithful. It's still ninety percent, right? So what we are focused on is also how do we handle the ninety percent, not just the ten. Okay. Any other comments? Hi, hi, George Uncle. Rachel here. Can you hear me? Yeah, Rachel. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you uh, for taking this study. I've heard it a number of times in the last couple of years. And um, it's actually, it's such a blessing for me to hear it even before, uh, you know, I start working. I'm still in college, but honestly, it's such a blessed college because... Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it just completely, it's a, it's a, it's a change in perspective, you know, because to yep. know that God is in control, number one, and number two, to know that he is the owner changes everything. So there's no room for worry. And I just want to thank you so much. And I feel like I need this study all my life. Every yeah. day. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rachel, for sharing that. That just reminds me of, there was something I wanted to say. Um, uh, the, uh, the, this uh, a, a lot of this uh, you know you talked about a different perspective and uh, and, and maybe it's uh, it's worth me talking about this that uh, I was very uh, blessed by the Lord to actually uh, you know learn some of these principles uh, in my I would say mid twenties around the time uh, I was just finishing up my my undergraduate degree my bachelor's degree and uh, and like you said. At the time, uh, you know, of course, I'd been brought up, you know, I mean, my father was very generous about giving and doing things and all these kind of things. So I had very good examples and I I thought I had it all figured out. And then when I started getting exposed to some of these teachings about debt, especially and and about free will giving and all these kind of things, uh, it it almost hit me like a a ton of bricks because... um, you know, and and, uh, and made me question a lot of things, and and then I gradually started spending more time studying it, reading about it, and searching the scriptures, and and uh, uh, and, and I'm I was really uh, blessed that way that uh, as as you said, Rachel, that uh, I was able to start from the very beginning before I even you know got a got a job and before I really started earning to start applying these principles from the beginning, and so therefore it allowed me to stay out of uh, out of a lot of unwise decisions, especially when it came to debt uh, and really evaluate my lifestyle uh, and all these kind of things. Uh, 
And uh, it's always more difficult to apply this when you've already been through that for many years and already made a lot of what would be wrong decisions, right? Uh, it makes it much tougher to go back and, and fix it. Now, again, having said that, you shouldn't lose hope, um, you know, if, if you are in that situation. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's something the Lord can restore, right? So there, there, are, there are things that you can do to go back and get back on track. And uh, it's never too late. Okay. And, uh, and again, one more point is that this, this is something that, you know, it really is, it needs to change your mindset. Okay. Your mindset towards money, your attitude towards money. So it's not just about one thing or another, or, you know, I, uh, I decided not to do this thing because of this, but, but it's, it's our whole outlook on money. You know? what, what is it that, how much money are we trying to accumulate? How much are we trying to save? Uh, you know, how much, uh, you know, are we trying to secure our future versus trusting in God? Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of decisions to be made here. And, and uh, you know, when the mindset changes, you approach those decisions in a very different way, right? So that's, that's what I want to hopefully get is, is not that people come out of this with some formulas, okay? It's not about formula. It's, a, it's actually, I'll call it having freedom, okay? financial freedom, uh, being free in the sense that you're not worried, uh, you're content, uh, you are full trust that God will provide uh, no matter what, right? Um, because as we are finding out today, circumstances can change in a matter of, you know, matter of hours and days. I have, a, I have a very good question here that I'm going to pose, send, uh, send privately. Uh, it says, um, what about debt between parents and children, as in parents buy you a flat or car or land, and of course, they don't expect the money in return, but they have other expectations such as moving in with them, restrictions from discipline, your children going to a church if they're of their choice are imposed. Um, so, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, this is a very good question, okay? And it's a very pertinent question. And you're actually bringing in not just principles of finance, but principles of marriage. Okay. And in fact, in many ways, the person who's asking this is, is answering their own question. Okay. First of all, there is nothing wrong per se in taking money from parents or parents giving money to the children. Okay. Um, you know, uh, the, um, uh, the, um, uh, you know, I have a deal with my kids that, that I will educate them through four years of college. And after that, they don't get anything else from me. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're on their own. Uh, but, um, but that second part is the crux of it, okay? Uh, because the, the biggest damage to a marriage, well, not, maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest among many uh, things that can damage uh, a marriage is the undue influence of parents within that marriage, okay? And, and what this is getting into is that whole, you know, we did a whole series on, uh, on uh, you know, on marriage, was finished it a month ago, uh, you know, the leaving and cleaving, okay? The principle of leaving and cleaving is, is fundamental to the health of a marriage. It's a biblical principle from Genesis chapter 1, okay? Uh, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So as long as your parents are interfering and they are telling you, uh, you know, where you have to go to church and what you have to spend money on and how you have to discipline your children and, and that you should live with them, you know, you're not going to leave. Okay, you're not leaving. And if you're not leaving, you're not going to cleave. 
and it's going to hurt your marriage. Okay. So if your parents are giving you, so you got to be very careful in this aspect. Okay. If your parents are giving you money as a means to control you, you know, you might hurt them, but you're better off saying no. Okay. Trust me, your overall relationship will be better. Your marriage will be better. Uh, if you do that and they'll get over that temporary hurt. Okay. And someday they might even appreciate it. Okay. But, but do not under any circumstance, because again, you know, you are no, you are not an extension of your parents' family. Okay. You are, you are to leave, you are to cleave and you are to form a new brand new independent family. Okay. So uh, anything that, that controls that independence, I think, uh, uh, is very dangerous, and I would I would discourage taking money if it comes with these strings attached. Okay, so very careful uh, if you're going to do that. If your parents are, are generous, I can just tell you that uh, when I bought my first house, uh, I didn't want to. Uh, I bought a fairly small house. Uh, I had one kid and one on the way. Um, so Lisa was like one year old or something, and Timothy was on the way, one and a half. Uh, and uh, we bought a small little house. And uh, I, I didn't want to pay, you know, I didn't have enough cash for it, but I took money from my, fa- from my father to pay cash. And that helped me out a lot. But what I did do later is that, you know, I did set aside money to give it back to my dad so that he could, he could build a house for himself in Kerala. So, uh, so you know, but that helped me out at the time. Uh, but, but, uh, and it also allowed me to save money and I paid interest to myself you know, that allowed me to then help him out when he had a need, right? So, but I knew that because I had that kind of a relationship with him and I knew that he would not be, it would not be with any strings attached. And similarly, when I give to my kids, it's with no strings and no expectation of anything. Okay, we have a lot of questions coming in. Uh, okay, so there's a question on student loans. Uh, so, uh, this is on student loans. Uh, see, student loans is, is, is a little interesting because, um, again, it's it's not a, none of these things have a yes or no answer, right? Um, I think, again, you have to get into this very prayerfully. I would personally prefer not to take student loans. And that's why I sort of have the deal with my kids that, you know, uh, again, this is as long as uh, this is all conditioned on the Lord providing. Of course, if he doesn't provide, then we'll figure something else out, right? Uh, because I don't want them starting off their life burdened with the student loan. But having said that, there are certainly some value because uh, you can make the case that an education, depending on the type of education is an asset that allows you to earn later. Uh, But again, you know, uh, there's no guarantee in life. So I would, again, if you're going to do it, think through it, pray about it, make sure that the Lord is really leading you to do that and uh, minimize it as much as possible. Because no amount of loan, because what you end up, if you take a lot of loans is that, uh, is that you end up, um, you know, um, end up uh, starting your life, you know, your professional life, your career life, without uh, with with a big sort of load on your on your head. But I would say, you know, a wiser thing would be to to look for an educational opportunity that fits within what the Lord is providing. Okay, there's you don't have to go to the most expensive college. You don't have to. Um, you know, you don't have to take the most expensive course. Uh, you know, always, the, it's a very fine line between, you know, does the Lord really want me to do this? And how is he indicating his will by the amount of financing that I have? So I would say seek a lot of counsel from godly counsel and prayerfully make a decision, but it's always better to not take a loan versus taking one. Um, okay. 
I got a question on depreciating assets on zero cost EMI. Even that, okay. I would suggest rather than buy an iPhone XR for 12 months. Yeah, again, I'm not sure what a zero is. Zero cost EMI is a, is a, like a no interest loan or something. Yeah, so, so Georgia, it's basically uh, there is no, like in finance, they say there is no free lunch. Yeah, exactly. Zero percent EMIs are just deals banks do with uh, with uh, merchants and things like that to to boost sales. Yeah. So instead, you can buy a iPhone XR for one lakh, uh, paying ten k a month. So my, mm. my my question is, why can't we deal with the fifteen k phone? Absolutely. Paying paying the basic money which we already do. Yeah, I mean, see, first of all, before you even go into loan, you first have to ask, look at need. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like to use this example. I've got a nice iPhone, but, but I can guarantee you, uh, th- this is the only reason I have this is because my company gives it to me. Okay. And they allow me to use it for my personal needs. Uh, but the moment I leave the company, I don't have a job anymore. That phone is going back to them and I'm going to get a cheap phone. Okay. Um, you know, uh, because again, it's not something I need to, you know, what's a phone for? A phone is for um, you know calling people for communicating, you know doing a little bit of browsing and stuff like that. And as long as a twenty thousand phone works or a ten thousand phone works, that's good enough. Okay. Um, okay. Is it all right? Consider taking student loans even when we have a debt of taking care of our parents who also don't have much in savings. Yeah. So again, look if you have a lot of obligation, whether it's taking care of parents or, or whatever, right? Whoever it is. Don't get into more loans. Okay, I think uh, again, that's why I laid out the principles. I have all those questions, uh, and and none of these. The answer to none of these is yes, it's okay or no, it's not. Okay, it's it's very driven by circumstance. It's driven by your specific situation, and and the whole number one lesson I want you to get out of this: go into it prayerfully. Okay, don't just jump into it like everybody everybody does. Uh, but if if going into if you're going to take on more loans, you know, while you're spending more money on your parents or, or whatever you're spending it on, which are legitimate expenses, then you know you're better off waiting, okay, or saving up, uh, you know, to be able to afford the, the, the classes that you're trying to take. Okay, yeah. So Pradeep has got a comment. God wants us to buy a Huawei ripoff, which does the same thing with the money that I do, I do have. All right. Uh, Are there any more? Any more questions? Anybody wants to ask openly instead of chat? Can I make a comment on the friendships that could affect in uh, debt? Yeah. Um, This is uh, one of my personal experience. I don't know whether I um, explained last time when we took this uh, uh, finance related uh, long time back at CBF. Um, just cutting the story short, uh, my friend, he was from a believing uh, family. Uh, his father was an evangelist. Um, he had to commit suicide um, because of the debt. Mm. And it all happened because of a friendship. And uh, uh, and it, it ended up in, in having lacks of loan, which nobody knew. And it happened mm. in a time frame of around uh, four to five months. Four to five months, he ended up, uh, this is way back in 2007, and he was of uh, um, 
21 years of old, uh, age. Um, from zero, he went up to having some six to seven lakhs loan. Uh, I mean, I'm debt and that too taken from different people. And it ended up with two different debt, uh, debts. I mean, their parents uh, died because of the stress. So I've been, uh, I've closely seen something drastic like this happen because of the debt. So my request or my uh, learning was to always have a check of what kind of friendships that you get in, even in Christian circle or even outside. Mm. Hey, Justin, can you just clarify how the friendship uh, came into that? So there was another within, uh, we are all part of one Sunday school and one uh, particular, he is even alive today. He, he had a different kind of mentality of spending like crazy out of beyond his means. Oh. So he wanted to get someone from of a credible background to go and ask for debt. I mean, for funding to to buy a bike and mobile and all those. Oh. So this fellow got into that that trap kind of a thing and ended up uh, uh, going along with him for all what kind of uh, what kind of lifestyle you can buy uh, with the money he ended up going in all all sorts of okay. ways so he so the guy you are talking about whose father committed suicide he no, took, no, he, himself, he himself committed 